back to the Broad Oak Piety Podcast. We are actually sitting live in studio. If yes, that's we what are. We, if that's what we call the spot. The and studio. we both are sitting. You are sitting, sitting. after months. Well, uh, it weeks. feels like months. It feels months. like months, yeah. but a long time of not actually being able to sit. You're yeah. sitting upright and so am I. It's been month. Month. Yeah. It's been month. But I know personally a lot of people benefited from the last episode where we talked a little bit about suffering and your ordeal and appreciate your willingness to share some of those thoughts. Yeah, man. Uh, I will say though, one of the silver linings of you being unable to sit and having to lay down for a month is that you've come up with all of these wonderful thoughts. My brain won't shut off. Your brain won't shut off. Yeah. And you sent me this long text with some thoughts you were having. And I said, we've got to talk about that on the podcast because honestly, all jokes aside, I think it's, it's very, relevant and uh, truthful in a lot yeah. of ways. When I say truthful, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a keen observation. Um, and you sent me this text. Long text. It was a long text. And I thought your initial response to me, which was like a waterfall, was you mocking me for sending you such yeah, a Yeah, I just text. sent you a gif of Niagara Falls is what I did. Yeah. It was like, man, I'm getting a novel. But the text had to <laughs> do with, you know, younger Christians, is that how you would describe it? Yeah. And 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 what would you say in a sentence or two were th- was the focus of your kind of thinking? You know, you're laying there in bed, you're thinking about the church, you love the church, you're thinking about how things are happening, and you're not thinking only your church, you're thinking about the church in America, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's been an observation that I've even, ironically enough, have seen on social media just a discontentment where God has sovereignly placed you, particularly in your local church, yeah, and yeah. utilizing tools, tools such as, for instance, like this podcast maybe that we're doing, where, you know, hopefully people that would listen to the podcast hear that we want you to invest in your local church and not substitute anything that you could be getting at your local church with this. That's right. right? Um, but increasingly I've seen this tendency for uh, younger people to, in a way, curate a sort of thing, is what I'm going to call it, that replaces their local church, Mm, right? And, and, And these people may even be attending a local church, but it's prohibiting they, them being able to engage in a way that they need to engage yeah, uh, yeah. in their local church context. And there are um, uh, some particular, and, and it wasn't exhaustive, but just things that I've noticed, particular fruits that have come from this investing uh, in an unhealthy way in online discipleship tools yeah. and blogs and podcasts and sermons yeah. and and the online ministries of local churches that aren't even in your area. Yeah. And and so the I the way that I was thinking about it is this isn't harmless. This is actually doing some harm. Correct. And uh and so what is the harm that I see uh and I, I just kind of thought through it was just five things that I came up with, but again, I don't think it's exhaustive. It's just five things that I see. Five points. 
Five points. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Five points. Yeah. Can I quote you? Can I read part of this text message? Yes. I don't normally read your text messages yeah, just to me on this podcast because, you know, that would just cause everyone to laugh. We sh- yeah, we should read some of the other uh, Let's not texts. do that. But here's what you said. You said, quote, instead of deepening relationships in the context of the local church, relationships God has sovereignly orchestrated, mind you, there is an overindulgence in podcasts, webinars, online discipleship tools, community forums, even engaging with churches in other states that align better with your values, end quote. And, you know, you, you weren't saying in that phrase that those things in and of themselves are bad, but That's it's right. almost yep. like you're noticing a trend that there's an overindulgence, to use your word, I yes. think, in those things, rather than that same amount of energy being focused on the relationships that God has sovereignly placed before you yep. in your own local church. Yeah. And then you give kind of some some thoughts, the five, the five points, so to speak. Yes, yeah. Um, but is that sort of what you're after? Was there anything else you would define yeah, by that no, that I mean, that's, a, that's exactly right. The, you know, and kind of just below that, what, you know, if... Yeah, read, I, I was read, trying read to capture the, the reason, you know, like if, if you're sitting down with someone that, that is doing that, you know, and you were to ask them, why, why is it that you're engaging in, in that way and you're not engaging in your local church? Uh, the reasons that uh, you might find may be theological reasons. Well, these, you know, these people that I'm engaging with or this church that's in another state, they are more closely aligned theologically with me than the church that I'm in, yeah. you know, or maybe f- from a philosophical standpoint, if you can even truly gauge the philosophy of something from that distance, mm. but, the, you know, the perceived philosophy of this local church ministry in another state or this parachurch ministry closely aligns with my philosophy, and so um, I need to invest my energy. That is why I go there. I go there, and I've even heard this uh, said, I go there to be fed. That's, yeah. you know, if I don't go there, I'm not going to be fed. So I have to go there to be fed um, mm-hmm. is, is kind of the engagement. And so that's kind of what I, the reason given for this is often theological, philosophical. And what comes with that is this comment that there's no one in your church that can invest in you because they're not spiritually mature enough or say things that bother you. Again, not philosophically aligned with you. So you invest online and you think you're justified in doing it. And then I just, but there are real consequences for this out of balance and misplaced investment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good phrase to describe what we're talking about. It's not that any investment is wrong. It's a misplaced investment. Yes. You're prioritizing, you're seeking to be pastored by, or you're engaging in theological conflicts, thinking that that's food for your mind. Which you see a lot of on social media. Exactly. When what you really need to do, what we really need to do is invest in the fellowship of the saints that God has put before us primarily and the public means of grace in the congregation that Christ has called us to. Yes. But you do give a few consequences of this. Can yeah. we just tick these off briefly? Yeah. What, what's the first thing that you mentioned? Yeah. So for the first one is uh, what I say is by investing too much of your time online as opposed to in your local church, you're able to theologically and philosophically curate who mentors you or disciples you. It's on your terms. You make the rules of engagement and this fosters pride, not humility. Man, that that, that is yeah. such a keen observation. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm not trying to flatter you. Like that's that's absolutely that's it. it. You you don't think about it, but what if underlying all of this is I get to decide what voices I'm going to hear. Yeah, that's right. I'm not going to put myself in a situation where God's truth without my filter 
yep. is going to come my way. Yeah, right? yeah. In 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 a roundabout way, you make yourself the authority of what you think you need, mm. right? And so you're you're um, you're the you're the one that knows best what you need, and um, and I. You can't grow in maturity if you're perpetuating that sort of thought process and heart posture, yeah. right? Even if that's not, at the end of the day, what you're primarily thinking that you're doing, that is that is a consequence yeah. uh, from, from that sort of engagement. Yeah. You say, secondly, there's no true accountability in your life. Mm-hmm. You project the image of yourself, your spouse, your kids, your church that you want, and no one is the wiser. It's as superficial as Instagram, yeah. unquote. And that's absolutely yeah. true as well, because when you engage online, and particularly if there's mutual engagement, you know, you're in a, a group of people communicating online, a Facebook group, Twitter, whatever it is, some kind of hosted platform, you, you project mm-hmm. who you are. And thus, the responses you get are responses based on that projection. I don't know if that's where you're yeah, going. Yeah, absolutely. But. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, you're you able in, in some ways to curate the responses you get from people by controlling the image you put put out. Correct. Right? And, you know, I mentioned Instagram because I'm like when... Uh, somebody posts a picture on it. You know, we have these smartphones that when you take a picture, you know, if you've got some blemishes, you can edit all that out you know you have this edit feature on your uh, uh your camera do now. you regularly edit your blemishes all the that... time okay the just... um but the um you're you're able to edit out all the things that you don't want people to see yeah right you're able to put these filters on that give you just the right lighting or just the right vibe that you're going for before you put it up on instagram right and, and in the same way we we do that. Um, we're we're projecting images of ourselves in this community that really can't fact check us. Mm-hmm. Like they they can't you know uh, spot whether or not what we're saying, what we're putting out is true because they're not involved in the comings and goings of our lives. Yeah, yeah. You know? And and so when you're um, uh, when your community is online, and I'm not saying you can't have long distance friendships and you can't engage in some productive conversations with people online or that, you know, community groups or Facebook groups can't be enriching in some way. But when we begin to think that that can be a replacement for local church accountability and face to face relationships that can be cultivated in the context of the local church. We're deceiving ourselves. Correct. It's not that. Yeah. Uh, and um, and so so we need to be mindful of that. We need to be careful of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing that you said that struck me you, you, it was number three is it, you talked about how it, this idea of overinvestment in online theological uh, kinds of you know media sources and and whatnot it 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 breeds or it can breed discontentment in your life you say yeah. this you say quote you never settle and grow roots where you are because you want to be where you're not mm-hmm. it's hard for the local church to invest in people that constantly want to be somewhere else yeah i, I, I know that i'm in I'm, I'm reading a lot of your but it's just yeah. it's it's spot on yeah right yeah. um and you know i think in in ministry there have been times where i've i've, I've seen this or i've wondered you know 
it's not a woe is me as a pastor because by God's grace, the Lord has given me such a wonderful church to, to, to shepherd. But you, you think sometimes churches out there, how hard is it for pastors to pastor because people are not content. Yeah. And the source of their discontentment is I want the pastor that's over there yep. or I want the theological ministry that's over there. Never mind those people aren't actually speaking to my issues. Yep. They're putting out a lot of times wonderful truth, but I'm going to that and filtering it like we just said mm-hmm. in such a way that, you know, I'm not content in my own yeah. church when people actually do have to speak to me and my issues. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be difficult um, to to minister to someone that way, even relationships in the church. Like if you're sitting across from some relationships that you claim you want to develop in the church and when you're around them, all you can talk about is how discontent you are and how you want to be, how you want to go somewhere else. Like one, how does that make them feel like that can't feel very good Mm. when they're sitting across and they're, you know, giving their time and they're praying for you and investing in you and trying to love on you. And what they get in return is you telling them, you know, the moment I'm able to get out of here, I'm, you know, I'm gone. Yeah. Um, and, and so this just constant um, uh, discontentment that spills over into your relation, right? It needs to be dealt with at the heart level, but it hasn't been dealt with at the heart level for so long that it's just con- it's constantly coming out of the mouth and yeah. um, and it's an impacting the relationships around you. And so so it hits on a pastoral level in that, you know, uh, you're you're constantly comparing your pastor, your elders, the ministry of the church you're a part of to whatever your ideal pastor is and uh, church is that you're engaging with online or whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, and and so that that's, you know, going to be a barrier for them to be able to minister to you and for you to be able to be humble and content enough to listen. And then it's going to hinder those one another relationships that we should be cultivating in the context of, of the local church as well. Um, and, uh, and again, I, I, th- there are circumstances where God calls us away and we've got to move away or, but it can be really difficult to mature as a believer when you're, um, when you're not developing roots in this one you know, this, this single body, yeah. you know, and, and so you know, for, for whatever length of time the Lord has you in the local church that you're at, unless, you know, God's calling you, you and your family away because, the, you know, there's this job that you've got to take or there's some unforeseen circumstances, like it's not spiritually good for you to, for your heart and mind to be somewhere else while you're there. And uh, on top of that, I've seen even at a low, and I don't want to get us off the beaten path, but even at a lo, you know at a local level, man, I'm I'm so discontent here. I'm going to go try that one down the road, you know, this one down yeah. the road. Then I'm going to go to this one. Then I'm gonna, and you know you you check back in three or four years later, and they've been to a different church every Sunday. <laughs> Nobody knows that. You know, yeah, there, there's just problems there, and so con- contentment is a key issue in your ability to grow in maturity yeah, in Christ you- and to receive wise counsel. Yeah. And this connects us to your fourth because, and, and maybe I, I jumped us there too quickly, but you know, what we just said about, um, discontentment, you, you talk about number four, that it's easy to become a critic of yeah. your local church, especially the elders or pastors. You know, one of the benefits, um, that we see a lot of times is that the Lord, um, 
does call some men to be pastors and to, for reasons known only to the Lord, to develop a larger quote unquote following. You know, they're they're writing books that become bestsellers sure. and they're speaking at the big conferences. And the 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 men of that number, right, who are godly will will also try to warn against this. But here's the thing. You know, we've all been encouraged going to a conference and hearing a powerful message. And, you know, we might be tempted to think, man, I wish my pastor would preach like that every week. Unbeknownst to us, that brother has been afforded the opportunity to think and to work on that theme and preach that same message multiple times in different ways. But my local pastor has been called to preach week in and week out through the pages of Scripture. The whole council. The whole council. So he can't always preach the sermon on uh, missions or the sermon on uh, how to help the poor or the bold sermon on holiness, right? There may be weeks where he has to preach about widows and orphans Mm -hmm. or about church matters Mm -hmm. or about, you know, 1 Samuel chapter 2 because that's what we're called to do. Mm -hmm. And so there's a place for conferences and for large resources, but those have to be supplements. Mm -hmm. Those can't be what we invest in as our primary means, because the Lord Christ hasn't called us to conferences. He's yeah. called us to a local church. Yeah, that's right. No, that's helpful. Yeah, I uh, I mean, both you and I have benefited from going to conferences. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I, I will say this. I think the, conf- <laughs> I think the conferences I've, you and I have benefited most from are the conferences where the men are like neck deep in local church yes. ministry. And we know? may not know all of who they and you, are. Yeah. And those, they're not famous. And those conferences are not that comparatively well attended. They're not yeah. as well attended as these, these, you know, yeah. large conferences, but, um, but yeah, your, your pastor is, is preaching, um, is, is tasked to preach the whole counsel of God's word. And so there's a good chance that you're not getting a sermon that he's preached 15, 20 times. And, um, and so, uh, so yeah, comparing the, the preaching ministry of your pastor to, you know, a big conference speaker, it's not, it's not the same thing. Yeah. You, you point out in number five that it's easy to disconnect yourself from the body. We've mentioned that, but here your, your, your new item is that you function instead as an isolated Christian, right? You, you become, uh, kind of an individualistic. Yeah. Which uh, we already struggle with here in the West. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The individual replaces the corporate. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what do you think, brother, if, if a generation of Christians and even if they're engaged and, and we're not just talking about people engaging in bad theology, this may be people who are reading. It could be great. Yeah. I actually online. have in mind people that are reading things that you yeah. and I would largely agree yes. with. Yes. Um, yeah. What would you say are some tools or a plan to kind of keep that in check or make sure that that's in balance, yeah. keeping the local church central? I mean, any thoughts you have on that? I mean, some of it is, is I think you you need to gauge, do you have enough self, self-control to engage with it moderately, right? And so in some ways, this... This has happened because it's yeah. an excess in your life, and so do you have self-control in this area that you can, by God's grace, kind of work yourself out of out of that, and also don't assume that 
the people in your church don't know, because more than likely, if you're struggling with this stuff, the people in your church know that you're struggling with it because you've you've probably verbalized it. But if you can't have self-control and begin to work out of it, you um, just from a practical standpoint may need to, for a season, fa- you know, fast from it and disengage and give your heart and your head some space so that... Um, you can begin to engage with the local church in a way that honors the Lord. But I kind of gave toward the end just a few, like... In your waterfall text that you In my me. waterfall text, yeah. Uh, just kind of, sh- you know, shorthand. Uh, first, humble yourself. Right? So you're, you're not as spiritually mature as you think is what I put there. Um, and again, keeping in mind that engagement to the level that what you and I are talking about produces pride. Mm. And so, right, we need humility. Secondly, submit someone submit yourself to someone older than you in your church despite your differences. God has placed them in your life. Would you would you also say older in not just in age? Hopefully yeah, that's the yeah, goal, but yeah. maybe older in the faith. In the would, faith. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would you know would say older in the faith, but qualifying that a little bit that doesn't necessarily mean that they're ticking all your theological boxes. Yeah. You know, like that that can be and that could be, that will be humbling for the person because you're going to have to come to terms with I can't uh I can't control this person. Yeah. Like I have I'm gonna submit myself to this person and I can't control this person versus I can control what I'm engaging with online. Mm-hmm. And so you've gotta let go of the control, which is one of your problems. You're trying to control things. Yeah. And uh and so you you need to approach that sort of relationship open-handedly. And if honestly you can't, you're looking around and you can't find that person, then you need to talk to your elders because I promise you, your elders can help you to find that person. Yeah. But again, in humility, it's not on your, it shouldn't be on your terms. Um, and so, so yeah, so find someone older, uh, older in the faith, especially, uh, Three, commit yourself, commit to grow deep roots in your church for the long haul, which is, you know, I was getting kind of ahead of myself earlier, but build your life around the public worship of God and the community that he's given you. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't think people oftentimes in their lives give consideration when they're making big life decisions. Should I move here? Yes. I don't know if I've ever had someone ask me, hey, we're thinking about moving, but how is that going to impact our commitment to the local church? Do you have any thoughts about that? I don't know if I've ever had anybody ask me that, but like if you're thinking about moving or you're thinking about taking, taking a job somewhere like processing that with your elders, because they're called to help care for your spiritual health. Yeah. How often people make major life decisions and then get to, and then I'll find a church and then I'll find a church. Yeah. But if, if, the church is the centerpiece ordained by Christ for his people's good and through which the people are ministered to until they're with him face to face. And it's the local church. Then that ought to be of prime importance. when we're making decisions. Yeah. One, it should be the first thing on the list. You know, I, we're okay. If we take this job out here, what is that? What does that mean for my family? Yeah. You know, you, I, you and I would both say uh, with our kids, like, I want my children to spiritually thrive in the Lord by God's grace in a healthy local church. And and um, I don't want to jeopardize that with 
any sort of rash decisions that I may make. Like there's a weightiness for me to making sure that my children have a high view of the local church and are regularly engaging in the ordinary means of grace. And, um, and so I, and, and I think that, again, I know that there's unforeseen circumstances that can happen, but engaging with the same local church and trying to build your life around the same local church over the long haul can really, um, the Lord can really use that to produce fruit, produce yeah. spiritual maturity yeah. in your life. That's good. Um, and so I know that there's some people, you know, I know there's, there's, we live in a, mil- you know, a, a uh, area that uh, there's a lot of military that live here and you know they don't have that ability to be able to to necessarily invest over years and years and years because you know the military calls they got to go away but um funny enough and you may say this the military families that I've gotten to know over the years sometimes uh, uh they they one prioritize hey when did you get here I we just got here a few days ago, and we had already done a lot of uh, due Digging, diligence yeah. before we even moved here yep. because we we wanted to get plugged in immediately. I've seen it many times, many times, and and so I've seen a lot of military families that put such a good emphasis on making sure their family is present with the gathering and developing relationships with the church as soon as possible. Um, but but really um, having a, a a renewed sense of importance on the gathering of the church, uh, I think is critical. Yeah. And like, and like I said, building your life around that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, any other thoughts? Uh, last one I just put was learn contentment. So, no, that's applicable in so many areas. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're not saying don't use theological resources. On that's that. right. We're not saying that we use theological resources. Yeah, yeah. We're not saying that even theological resources that come through podcasts and platforms i mean we're talking about this on a podcast yeah. are are bad but what we would want to say is it's a concern if our investment is there versus the local church that's exactly right it's a concern if we're looking for pastoring there before we're looking to our local church it's a concern if we're looking for formation there before and, and on and on it yeah. goes right um, and so I just thought your thoughts were helpful. I mean, here two weeks in a row, two episodes in a row, mm. you're, you are the sole provider of our content. It's almost as if I two have weeks to, out of the year though. Well, that's, that's two, true. Yeah. That's true. It's almost as if <laughs> I'm just here to kind of interpret from Southern into normal speak that's, from tongues, angelic yes, language. Yes. You, you are speaking in an unknown tongue and I'm interpreting for everyone. Yeah. Well, uh, if it was good enough for the apostles, mm, <clears throat> I reckon. I reckon. I reckon. <laughs> well, it's good to be sitting here with you, brother. Yeah, man. Literally sitting. Same here. Lord willing, we'll uh, be back with folks in a week or two.